0: To give the Lord a hand clap this morning, can we do that? And then I want to ask you if you would just give the, the team a hand clap. Man, they worked very hard, and uh, I just want to say I just feel like they let us into the throne room of God this morning. First service, they did it. Second service, you know, uh, they did it. I want to tell you that that uh, you know the services are different. They have a different feel to us uh, when we're doing them. And uh, um, but how many of you know that the Spirit of God is not different? He's the same, yesterday, today, and forevermore, right? And when he comes, right, there's what the Spirit speaks to the church. So um, today uh, uh, we continue our series, Unshakable, and I want to talk to you today specifically about confronting your stress, that if you're going to live an unshakable life, you've got to confront your stress. You know, life is going to throw a lot of different things at you, there's a lot of activities, a lot of demands, there's uh, people who want certain things in your life, and there's there's, uh, if you will, the, the basic necessities of life, there's, there's the future that you hope for and you're pursuing and there's steps to get there and, and all those things come in and, and if you will, they're, they're uh, all competing for your time. Can I get an amen? Uh, if you're raising children, uh, they're competing for your time. Y'all did know that, right? Uh, and, and let me say this, uh, Angie and I, we got to go last week, Pastor Warren did a great job, I got to watch online. Uh, And by the way, I do want to welcome all of our our folks watching online this morning in your home. And uh, my prayer is that this word will speak to your heart and and bring change in your life. That this will bring change for all of us. That we're living the life that God has called us to live. It is a better life. That better life is found in Christ Jesus. Jesus promised that. You know how he promised it? He said that, that he has come to give us life and life more, somebody? Abundantly. That he wants us to have an abundant life. Now, I want you to know that what your, your interpretation of what the abundant life looks like may be different from what scripture teaches. And how many of you know it's important to have the principles if you ever want to practice what it is that God is calling you to do. Amen? You can't practice what you're not willing to embrace. But if you're willing to embrace the principles of God's word, the principles of his plan for your life, then you'll get to live that abundant life that Jesus has called you to live. Amen? And so, uh, Angie and I, we got to go to Texas and pick up our, our grandbabies. And uh, man, you know what, Just they've grown so much. It's been six months and it's kind of like, you, you know, when you don't see them for a while, it's amazing how much they grow, right? And it's a, amazing how much they start to talk, right? Even little Bella, you know, two years old, man, she is chattering like, you know, a little chatterbox. But here's the thing is that to be able to, to have them in my life, you know, there, there's a, a beauty to that and a, a joy to that. And yet, there's a demand. And let me say, when they're little, two, four, six, five, two, four, five, going to be six in December. um, Man, they're very demanding. (laughs) It's can you get me a snack? And the other one hears it, and they're like, can you get me a snack? And then the other one hears, can you get me a snack? You know, so it's just that constant thing. Uh, But the the greatest joy is, you know, riding back from Texas with them uh, and, and doing that in three days. We went down in two and came back in three. And any parent that's traveled understands that. Um, it's like we got to stop somewhere and, and let them get the energy out because they've been locked up in their car seats. And so I would be on the phone calling, uh, you know, yes, uh, does, your hotel, does your hotel still have the, the swimming pool open? Nope. Click. Is your, you, know, it, you know, it's my iPhone, so it wasn't click. It was, you know. Uh, but, but the next one and the next one and the next one, it's like, yes, our pool's open. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's where we're going. Uh, because those kids wanted to swim, and I knew that getting them in that pool would get the energy out of them, right? But just an amazing time with them, but, but there's a demand to that, right? And so uh, that's just one area of life. That's our grandbabies, uh, but you've got so many other things from work to to uh, uh, your spouse, you know, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever it may be. Uh, the, the, all those things are competing for your time, and you only have so much time, Right? And I want to talk a little bit more about that, and as we do, let's look at our scripture today, and that's Job 9.25. My days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without my seeing any joy. I think it's interesting when when Job is sharing that passage of scripture, you can think about all the demands that come in life, and oftentimes you're running after those things, and you end up not having any joy in the midst of everything you're doing. That you, you can feel like, you know, you're trying to, to live by a plan, but what happens is, is all the unexpected things that come, uh, you know, make so much demand on your time that it starts to steal your joy. Now, we'll, we'll go a little bit deeper in that as we move along, but I just want to say that joy is a choice. Did you know that? Joy is a choice. It's actually a fruit of the Spirit, so you choose to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh, Right? If you're led by the flesh, right, it, it, it leads to corruption. If you're led by the Spirit, it leads us to, to us to the righteousness of God. If you will, it leads us into that better life that Jesus came to secure for us. And so I want to say it's very, very important that you, uh, that you really go to God in prayer and you're seeking God to help give you guidance on the plan for your life. And so uh, I want to ask you this, when we think about all those demands, I want to ask you why are we so busy? Why are we so busy? Why do we, you know, respond to so many different things pulling at us? Why are we so busy? Write this down. You can't fit everything and everyone that wants to be in your life. You can't fit everyone in, and you can't fit everything in. And the tendency is, is to think you can just keep adding to, and you're going to, you know, like I'll, add, I'll get a better car, or I'll get a, a bigger house, or I'll, you know, we add those things too, and what happens is, is those things end up having a demand on us. Come on, somebody. You know, um, it's important to, if you will, live within your means, live within what you're capable of doing, and, and pray for God to bless you as you move forward. Because this is what the Bible says the blessing of God will make you rich, but it'll add no sorrow. But let me tell you, MasterCard, Visa, and, and uh, American Express, they'll add a lot of sorrow to your life. <laughs> they'll add a lot of sorrow to your life. And a lot of people live beyond their means, you know. Let me give you a few more. Uh, we have too many choices, the commercials and the things and the people, if you will, the commercials that you're you're watching TV and the commercials say, if you buy this, you'll be so much happier. If you get this, you'll be so much happier. If you go here, right, uh, even when the Super Bowl is won, what happens? There's advertising. How many know how much they pay to be, right, in the commercials, the Super Bowl commercials? How many know how much money goes into those commercials? A lot of money goes into those commercials. Why? Because they have the undivided attention of so many people and they want to put their product in front of you. All the way to the point where somebody that wins the Super Bowl and they're holding the trophy and what did they do? What are you going to do next? Anybody? See how that happened? That's some serious marketing. And I could tell you that churches around this country right now, if that question was asked that way, that the church would respond. I'm going to Disneyland. You know what I mean? Why? It's good marketing. But... Is competing for your time. Now, anybody that's been to Disneyland, you know, um, it's fun, but there's lines. I'll get to that. <laughs> Too much social influence. Twitter, TV, Instagram, Tinder, Facebook. Now, some people are like, Tinder? Pastor, why would you? Because, look, I know that people are on Tinder. I look at you. Oh. <laughs> Tinder, that's not really a <laughs> The point is, is that, Uh, swipe right, swipe left, swipe right, 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 right. Ooh, wait, left. You know what I'm saying? People are searching for for people in their life, and it may not always be for the right reasons, but the reality is is people are lonely, and they're looking for, you know, they're looking for a better life. Come on now. But I want to tell you, even though you may find somebody, right, there's also so many fish in the sea, I think. Something like that. Plenty Plenty of fish in the sea. Obviously, you've got that app. I got it. that's a Christian dating website. Uh, you know, uh, if there is such a thing that way, you know, um, what I would say to you is this is that if God's not in your plan, if you don't if you're not seeking the Lord and asking him to bring the right mate in your life, let me tell you, you're going to go through a whole lot of swipe, left, swipe, white, right, swipe, swipe right. right. and and that's but that's not how God wants your life to be. He wants you to seek him and and then as you and then as you find somebody, and it may be through something like that, but it'll be something that God's plan is in, and you'll take steps that, let me say, has righteousness and holiness, peace, joy. It'll have the fruit of the Spirit involved in it, and it doesn't bring a lot of stress in your life. Can you say amen? You've got to confront your stress, and that means confronting the things that you allow in your life to bring it. So you're all really quiet on that. Amen, pastor. Say amen, pastor. It's true. You've got to confront your stress. You've got to confront the things that you're allowing into your life that brings the stress. It's kind of like, man, all these things are just coming in my life. You don't have a a say in that? Come on now. You don't have a say in that? Of course we have a say in that. We determine what we allow in our life. we got to make the decision to allow the right things in our life, and the only way we can do that is if we have a good plan. So uh, we also believe that we can have it all. Come on now. Any of you have any teenage kids? You know that when they they graduate high school, they're going to have a, a house like mom and dad—they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have everything. Oh well, when they graduate college, they'll have it all. How many of you know that is unrealistic? How many of you know the world sets sets us up and is setting this generation up to think that they can have it all right now? You know, and again, I'll bring back Visa, Mastercard, American Express—all those things. You know, where you can have everything you want right now, and what they find is is that uh um that the borrower is slave to the lender, as Scripture says. See, if, if you get that scripture, then what happens when all that stuff starts coming and it's like here's how much debt you can live in, you can qualify to do this. Yeah, you can qualify for it, but that doesn't mean you're going to have you know, a better life because the stresses it's going to add to you is going to suck your joy away. Just drop my glasses. I'm getting excited. It's going to suck your joy away, and then all of a sudden what you're going to find out is the scripture was true where it says the blessing of God makes rich and adds no sorrow. What God, what do you want in my life? What steps should I take? Not, oh, MasterCard, you say I can have 10 grand? Oh, that's great. And then you go 10 grand in debt, and then you can't get out of it. And then it's demanding, and here's the deal. You're only paying the payments on the interest, and you can't ever get out of that debt. You know, the average is it takes people 20 years to pay that much debt off on a credit card paying the minimum payments. All right, I'll get off that because I can see some of you are struggling with that right now. Uh, We believe that we can do it all, you know. I'm not going to give you today, I'm not going to give you some coping mechanisms that will help you do it all. I want to give you some principles that will help to bring change in how you do it. Because if you can change the way that you filter those things into your plan, that you're, that you're seeking God, first and foremost, God, what is it you've called me to do? If you can allow that to be your first step in prayer and let him be speaking to your heart through the Spirit and through his word, then, then you might find yourself able to filter a lot of things out that are unnecessary. Amen? So I want to give you first uh, the, um, the idea of building that belief system, the, the principles, if you will. If you can build the principles in your belief system, then what happens is you'll be able to filter those things out. Why? Because if you have that belief system, you're, you're able to recognize what fits and what does not fit in your life. In other words, the principles, if you have the principles, then you can practice. If you don't have the principles, you'll never be able to practice. Here it is, building a better life. It is better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and, and, and more of what does. But I just don't have the time, Pastor, for everything. I don't have time to do everything I need to do, right? I, I want to I show you here that, that if we can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't matter, I want to show you here the amount of time you have to be able to sort that out because you do have more time than you think. Some of the general stats that come up when you you can do Google search or however you want to do that uh, through some different websites. Here's some general stats that show that we have uh, more going on and not uh, not less. Um, You're going to spend in your life going out to eat uh, 14,411 times you'll go out to eat. That's 18 or 111 times to McDonald's. That's not a better life. <laughs> in raising kids, uh, you know, I, I refer to in the first service, you know, I hate the archers. I hate them. You drive them down the road, they're like, oh, McDonald's. It's like, yeah, man. I mean, I could remember driving, like, oh, there's a McDonald's arch, you know. Hey, kids, what are you doing? You <laughs> Distracting them so they don't see those golden arches. Like, oh, McDonald's, can we go to McDonald's? It's like, no, I don't want any more chicken nuggets. I don't want another Big Mac, and I don't want another quarter pounder. I don't need it. Right? Can you imagine 1,811 times McDonald's in your life? And let me say that your grandkids come on the scene <laughs> driving down the road. Oh, McDonald's. You're like, I hate those arches. You got time. You'll spend 13 years, four months watching TV on average. 13 years, four months. You got time. The, uh, the average video gamer spends 5.96 hours a day. That's 2,175.4 uh, hours a year. You ready? And even if it's like, you know, say they start gaming at 10 or whatever it is, you know, And, you know, you get to that point where you got your own kid. I don't have time to sit down and play video games. Let's say it's only over 20 years. That's 43,508 hours in 20 years. That's a lot of time. Can you say amen? You'll spend five years waiting in line. Not me. Mine might be around two or three. Because we get to a line, I'm like, yep, we're not going here. Angie's like, where do you want to go to eat? We're going here. We get there, there's a big line. I'm like, we're not eating here. Off to that. So I just hate lines. We went to Disney World. This is one of my greatest regrets um, with my children, raising my children is, you know, having the patience and uh, being willing to add to that average in my life. Because we go and I'm like, yeah, you go on with the kids. I'll, I'll be good right here by myself. And I should have gone on and had to, I know, don't look at me that judgmental. <laughs> I laid down on a bench and took a nap, you know. Angie comes back. So you, you ready to go? Yes. And so then I did some of the stuff with them, but, but I look back on that, and it was one of those things to where, man, if I had that to do over, I would have spent more time. I would have added to this average in my life and waited in those lines with my kids because the, that kind of time does matter with them. Amen? The what? Disney lines are different. Yeah, but you, you buy, what is it? The pass? Anybody know? The fast pass, that's where everybody else looks at you like you're adding to the average of these hours in my life. (laughs) You'll spend one year looking for things you've lost. I think mine's two. Because I'm telling you, my truck keys are evasive. I don't know how it works, but uh, Angie, where's my keys? I don't know. Where'd you put them? If I knew where I put them, I wouldn't be asking you, right? (laughs) But I spend a lot of time looking for my truck keys and sometimes my iPhone. Anybody else identify with that? No. It's glued to your hand. Yeah. Listen to this. Uh we'll drive somewhere around 500,000 plus miles in our lifetime. That's over 20 times around the globe. <laughs> Think about that. The man, in my lifetime I've gone around the globe 20 times, you know. That that is a lot of time, right? And I know that when we went to Texas and back, five days of driving added to that average for us. I think we're probably 700,000 with our kids living in different places, you know, you want to go see them. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I might have to drive a little further right now, but man, I cannot stand going through all the turmoil of, of the airlines right now. You know what I'm saying? It's, gosh, it's just crazy. And I think about getting those kids on there, put your mask on, what do you, you know. Um, so anyway, let me give you then, uh, if you want the better life, let me give you uh, uh, our next uh, scripture, and that is Ecclesiastes four six. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Identify those things in your life that that you're chasing. I'm a- chasing after the the next promotion or the bigger house or the the better car or the you know chasing after all those things. You know, even getting them and yet your life is passed by. And you've had toil rather than tranquility. It's not worth it. It steals your joy. And God means you to have peace. So confront. Here you go. Confront the stress of too many choices. Confront the stress of too many choices. Identify, like, you know, is that really a choice that matters in light of what God's called me to do or what matters for for us as, as a couple or what matters for us as a family or what matters in our job? identify too many choices and, and weed those things out so that you're able to focus on what matters, amen? Um, which takes me to my next point, and that is it is better to live by design, not by default. It's better to live by a design, not by default. God designed you. He had a plan, and he made you. Um, have a plan for your life, because it's better to live by design. Uh, and I'd like to say this. A preacher a long time ago that I knew used the term divine design. Divine design. That you have a divine design from your heavenly father. Live by his plan for your life because it's a better life. Amen. So, so Psalms 139 and 16 says this. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Think about that. It's like, well, when I read the Bible, I don't, I don't see my name in there. I don't see it referencing me in particular. Yet yeah, when Jesus died on the cross, right? Watch this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So all of a sudden you're reading the Bible and you're like, whoa, that's for me? God was thinking about me all the way back here? Yes, and the Lamb of God was slain from the foundations of the earth. Wait a minute, God was thinking about me before he made everything on the earth from the foundations of the earth before he made everything he made. He was actually thinking about me just in case his creation turned away from him. He would make a way to redeem them. Thing is, he already knew that. It's like, well, then why did he design it that way? Free will. We are created in his image. If we didn't have free will, we wouldn't be created in his image. If we couldn't choose right and wrong, we wouldn't be created in God's image. Beauty of it is God always chooses right. Amen? It's called the tree of life. We were meant to live in the tree of life, never in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but the tree of life. And so I would say that that's God's plan is for us to come. And, and, and here's what I would say to you. Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. And so a relationship with him, pursuing that, reading his word, and being in prayer, calling on the Holy Spirit to come and fill you up, is what's going to lead you down the path of God's plan in your life. And trust me, it is a better life. It's a better life. It's a better life to have a relationship with Jesus and to invite him in, and, and watch this. I've had people get into the whole theological tug of war sometimes. Well, well, you don't have to do this in the Bible, and you don't, have to, you don't even have to be baptized in water to go to heaven, and you don't have to do this to go to heaven, and you don't have to do that. You just have to believe in Jesus. I want to ask you, why would you start off a relationship where it says that Jesus dies on the cross, you say, I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I give him my life, but I don't want to do what he's asking me to do. You hearing me here? So, so it's like he's my savior. I want salvation, but I don't want him to be my Lord and follow the direction that he gives me. Not, I don't want to follow the plan he has for my life. I want to do what I want to do and still have salvation. Come on, somebody say amen. That is not what we're called to do. We're called to honor him because he's given his life for us. And so um, I would say this then confront the stress of making a plan. You know, you know what a plan does for you? It gives a mark of accountability plan when you make a plan when you when you get in the word of god and and you you know you talk with your your spouse it's like you know what do you think about that how are we going to raise kids angie and i didn't always agree on how we raise the kids any of you parents deal with that sometimes none of you few of you all of us right it's like because when you know one disciplines the kids like why are you doing that right in front of the kids come on has that ever happened you're like it's kind of like this you know angie does that with me and i'm like I do that with Angie, and she takes her her sandal off, and she's really, (laughs) no. She's like, what, you you know, even the grandbabies, you know, um, (laughs) uh, poor kids, they're going to have this in their history, too. My kids had to endure that. I'm going to let my grandkids endure it. I'm using the restroom. I go to the restroom, and I hear outside the restroom, I hear hear a a slap. It's not a loud slap, and then I hear a loud slap. And, and then I hear the one crying, and, and Angie's coming in like, what's, you know, and I'm not going to tell you names, I'll be good about that. Um, what do you, why did you do that? And I, I come out of the restroom, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, you're, you're on the wrong. you know how that goes, you ever hit somebody because they hit you, and then you're the one that, you know, when you're in school and the teacher's like, why are you hitting that kid? And it's like, me, dude, I'm just defending myself, right? Well, I heard both of it, I, I knew what was going on, and she goes after the one, um, but then I corrected Angie in front of the kids. Maybe I should move on. I'm getting myself in trouble. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. You're going after the wrong one. This one started it. And she goes, well, I don't care. It's wrong either way. And I'm like, I, I know that, but you can't go after the one, that, you know. And she's like, well, I can't believe you correct me in front of the kids. And I'm like, we agreed we'd never do that. <laughs> you know, Because <laughs> that was one of our things. We don't want to disagree and fight in front of the kids because all that does is adds to the dissension and the, you know, the confusion and all of that. So, so in that, but, but we kind of sorted through that. We did okay. Angie repented and I, you know, accepted her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, baby. You know I love you. So. Anyway, uh, if you make a plan, confront the stress of making a plan. Be, because the thing about it is it's like I know if I put this down on paper, I know if I make this the plan and I tell it to somebody else, I can be held accountable for it. Do you know that a lot of times is why we won't lock a plan in? Because if we say, hey, I'm going to do this, and we commit that to somebody, all of a sudden it's like, man, now I'm accountable. And so what happens, um, a, a coaching friend of mine, he was pastor, and now he, he coaches uh, pastors and, and business leaders, um, Sean Lovejoy. He said oftentimes what happens is, or most of the time what happens is, is that we fall to the tyranny of the urgent over doing the necessary things in life when you make a plan it's like okay I need to do this and this and this because these steps are going to get me here but I'm going to when I make the plan I'm accountable for that and that's the one thing he does with me so what are you doing in this area what are you doing in that area well I didn't get to that it's like did you say you were going to do that yeah I kind of did it's like okay well I expect next week when we talk you know you're taking a step in that direction right along those lines does that make sense Um, and it's kind of like dang it why did I write that down you know And that's the way we are. It's like if I if I step that way, but I will tell you this it's better to have a plan than not to have a plan. Amen. Watch this. This is the next point. It's better to get the right things done, not more things done. It's better to get the right things done, not more things done. Proverbs seventeen and twenty four says, An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Have you ever done that? It's like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. You've got all these things going on, but the question you have to ask yourself, are all those things important in God's plan for your life? Are all those things important for the better life you would like to have? And I would say that in that place, you, you need to do some assessment. You need to do some inventory of what's actually important. And there I would say, confront the stress of saying no. Confront the stress of saying no. No, I'm not going to get the nicer car because you know I still have this much debt on this car, and actually, you know, I'm you know, so I owe more on it than it's actually worth. But I'm still going to go trade it in and actually, you know, take on another six thousand dollars in debt or whatever it would be on top of the new car. But I want the shiny new thing. Come on now, people do it all the time, and they and they ruin their financial life. Let me, let me give you something about your financial life that that might help you. Um, how many of you? Um, Have your dream job. Raise your hand. Okay? How many of you want your dream job? (laughs) Okay? How many of you just want to make ends meet? (laughs) Right? Here's the thing. It's the way life goes. You've got to have your necessities, right? You need to eat. You need to have shelter, all those kind of things. So it doesn't matter what you do as long as you take care of those things. Does that make sense? So, So be willing to work and do what you have to do to be able to provide and take care of yourself. Trust me, it's a better life than just sitting back and hoping that you'll get your, your your dream job. I'm just telling you, I've met with a lot of people. It's like, no, 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 I'm not taking that job. I'm worth a lot more than that. I got my college degree and this is what I wanted to do and that's my dream job and I'm not gonna accept anything but my dream job. I'm like, well, who's paying your bills right now? Well, I'm kind of broke. <laughs> okay, That's your dream job, huh? To be broke and not have a job. Get something Take care of your necessities. Next step is what you do is is you take care of emergencies. Build enough to take care of emergencies. And if anything, save up enough that you can take the time to pursue your dream job. But you you start there. Take care of your necessities. Take care of, of putting enough back for emergencies. And then what do you do? Then you build wealth. Those are the steps. So I'm trying to give you, sit down, make a plan for your life. But understand that, you know, first step in my in my wealth is I need my necessity to take care of Second step, I'd like to have things to cover emergencies. Third step, I'd like to have some wealth at some point in my life because I just feel like that would be a better life. Can I get an amen? Right? Nobody wakes up and goes, man, I just want to be poor all my life. Raise your hand if that's you. Like, I just want to be poor. Nobody. Right? So make a plan so that you're not poor. Right? Is take the steps that are necessary. You could do that with all the specific areas. What kind of marriage do you want? What kind of marriage do you want? Let me say this. How do you talk to your wife? If you say to your wife, it's like you correct her in front of the children, you're not going to, you know, happy wife, happy life, right? You know, I want a I happy life. I want a better life. And so I'm like, baby, I'm sorry I did that. You're right. Uh, we agreed that we wouldn't do that. We had a plan that I would not correct you in front of the kids. You're not going to correct me in front of the kids, right? How many of you know she corrected me back, though, right in front of the kids? <laughs> you hear me? It, it's not always going to go easy, But you have a plan so you can work the plan. And it also allows you to be held, she held me accountable, I hold her accountable. So it's a word that people don't use a lot in our day and age. They don't like to be held accountable. But we need to be held accountable. And and by you making the plan, you're telling other people what they can hold you accountable for. So what in the world would you have to be mad about? Just saying. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Here's your sub point there: confront the stress of saying no again. Once again, you got to say no to something, so you can say yes to the right things. Say no to the things that are not a part of the plan you put together, so that you're able to say yes to the right things. Amen. And and uh, as I close, uh, write this down. It's okay. It is okay. Say it's okay to say no. <laughs> And many of you go, that's not what my boss tells me. Right? That's not what my wife tells me. That's not what my husband tells me. That's not what my parents say. It's okay to say no. You know, you think of your, you know, whoa, squirrel, <laughs> moth. Uh, but you, you get the little ones, right? And it's like, as they're coming up, it's like, no, you can't. No, no don't go in there. Stay out of there. No, you can't do that, right? We learned, what's one of the first words you heard out of your children's mouth? No. It's like, say, Daddy, no. <laughs> it's like, no, Daddy, no. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it just is there. And so there's something in us that, that kind of like, well, I can't say no. If I say no, I'll lose my job. If I say no, you know, uh, my wife will be mad. If I say no, my husband will be mad. My kids will be mad. My parents will be mad. You know, all those things come into play. But if you have a plan, it's like, look, you know, I'm not saying no just to say no. I'm saying no because I can't fit everything in. I, can, I only have time to fit the right things in. How many of you ever uh, seen that? Uh, it'd be great to have as an illustration, but I'll explain it. How many of you ever seen the, the jar, and, and you've seen the illustration where they put the big rocks in a jar? And then they put the little rocks in the jar, and then they put the pebbles in the jar, and then they put sand in the jar, and then they fill it with water. And, and the, the principle is this. If you put the water in first, and then the sand, and then the pe- it, it won't all fit. Start with your big rocks. Make your plan. What's the big things? What's the most important things? Because then you know what to say no to. And you're not saying no to be rude or disrespectful to people. You're saying no because you're working your plan. And that plan is so that you have a blessed life, It's a better life. It's so that your spouse, so that your family, right? And you know what? You'll be a lot happier working your job when you're saying no to the right things and yes to the right things. Amen? And so uh, as I close, write this down. As you do your plan, you got to figure out your why. Now I would say God's why in your life, your calling. You got to figure out your where. Where are you called to be? There is a right place for people. You know, I, I can think about when we were in Ohio, and it's it, it was like that. See, it was a season. It just never felt like home. It never felt like where we're supposed to be. And and there was an unsettled aspect, right, for our lives. It was just like rocky and and hard. But it's like a wilderness place, right? it's like being in the desert, and it's like I'm trying to find life and refreshment, and it's like it just can't find it. And and so in that sense, and funny enough, where I remember saying to Angie, I was watching a Bible. Um, it was uh, basically um, history, Bible history, and they were talking about Mount Horab, or Mount H- Horab. Moses goes, it's place of the wilderness, right? That's what it. That's what the name of it actually means. And uh, we lived in Mount. Orab, which was named after, biblically after the mountain of Horab, And I'm watching that show, and, and we had this unsettledness in our life, and it's just like this is God's blessing. That better life is not here. We're not in the right place. Where are we supposed to be? And I'm watching that show, and I, I yelled at Angie in the other room. I'm like, babe, we, are, we talk about being in the wilderness. We're not where we're supposed to be. We literally are there, man. We are in Horeb, named after Horab. And it means place of the wilderness. We gotta get out of this place. So we couldn't move to Colorado at that point, but we did move to a place called Batavia, which was Vista, which was place of clear view. We needed a clear view, and where we we're in that place of clear view, uh started making a plan. God man, I gotta tell you, God started blessing us. I mean, I was working in construction and I mean all that, you know, trying to make ends meet and just taking care of necessities. Um, but I'll tell you this and, then I blew my shoulder out, which didn't which was in uh, Mount Urab. I'm like, dude, I, my life is it's like it's just not coming together. And I'm watching and I'm, I'm basically at home. I can't work because I've got a blown out shoulder. and that's where I'm watching this show and I'm hanging out, and I'm watching the kids. Angie was doing a temp finance job and and I'm home with the kids and I'm like, dear God, I gotta get a job, man. That woman is so anointed and blessed that it's not even funny. God didn't wire me to be at home with the kids all day. I love them to death, but then I was losing it. But I'm watching that show and that happened. I'm like, we got to leave here. We got to go somewhere else. And we end up in Batavia, place of clear view. And man, it was like things did. They started to clear up. Things start to come into view. I see the call of God on my life again, just feeling, man, I know I want to be a pastor. All those things were, were coming into clear view. And, and all of a sudden, I, I get a job doing in sales, doing something I never would have even dreamed of doing. And it was still one of those things, I'm going to take care of necessities. But God moved me from necessities to security, being able to take care of emergency. And when you want to know something, he also moved me to a place of wealth. And I remember being in my office, and I'm praying one night, and God said, As I'm about to move you. <laughs> all these years, and that still impacts me that way. Because there's nothing like getting a word from God, man. I mean, a revelation word from God will change your life. I'm about to move you, and I'm about to use you for the purpose that I called you to do. You want to know the job he put me in, man? I mean, I was making, I'd go in and make 10000 in one day. I'd come home, I'd say to Angela, man, I made ten grand this morning at work. And she goes, you ain't been at work for like four hours. Go back to work. I'm like, "Dad, go on. A little greedy, don't you think? You know, no. <laughs> but God blessed us and blessed us and then when he took the next when we were getting ready to move and, and all that was going on and he spoke to my heart I'm praying one, one, one evening and he said, Derek, when I send you I'm going to send you like Nehemiah and I'm kind of like Nehemiah you know, and I knew the story but I went back and read it fresh and it's like, uh, God, you sent Nehemiah to a place where the walls are fallen down and, and the gates are burnt and you know, the people are burnt and, and uh, that, that doesn't look like a very attractive thing to go to Yeah, but you've dealt with the stuff you needed to deal with in your life. So now I'm going to send you and go, and you're going to bring life to people who need to have life. You see that? Don't never disconnect the plan that you make. If you disconnect it from God, trust me, it won't lead to a better life. It won't lead to the abundant life that Jesus promised. It'll only lead to more distress down the road. Dreams are great if they're dreams of God. Dreams are horrible if they're the dreams of man. In other words, we... We want what we want, and we want it now, right? That's not what we're meant to pursue. So why am I doing it? Where am I supposed to do it? What am I supposed to do, and when? When? There's nothing that I would say that derails a plan more so than not moving when you need to move, not going where you need to be when you need to be there. Following the Spirit of God will put you in the right place at the right time doing what you're supposed to be doing and experiencing the fullness of everything that God promises us through his son, Jesus Christ. Can I get a final amen in the room? Hey, listen, stand your feet and let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. We we love you. We worship you. We adore you. God, I thank you for your people. Everyone here today, everyone watching online, God, I pray that the presence of your Holy Spirit would be evident each and every day of their life as they wake in the morning father the first words out of their mouth god be with me today let your spirit lead and guide me today and father god as they do that they would sense that lord as the bible declares you're the ever-present help in time of need when they're in challenging times difficult times father you're guiding them through that father when they're in the blessed times they're not forgetting you and thinking it's them that did it lord they know that it was you that that help them to craft this plan for their life to follow and lord when the moments of setback come or the difficulties the times where uh, we may get our eyes off you lord may you always by your spirit remind us and draw us back to you that our life is centered around your son jesus christ and that father it's the core of our plan in life and then everything else As your word declares, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and then the rest will be added to you. Father, if we could just live that scripture out to make your kingdom first, to make you first, Father, and watch all the other things line up. Father God, so that we aren't just blessed, but Father, we're blessed to be a blessing to the others around us, that they might, Father, see Christ in us and come too to honor you and to live for you with their life. God, we love you. We bless everyone in their homes watching online today. God, and those in this room, that they leave today, applying your word, being a doer of it, not just a hearer. We speak these things by the spirit of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.